we are currently in week two of a four-week series, okay? And what the series is, it's a review of our 2021 vision, okay? So as a class, what are we trusting God for in 2021? We're just reminding ourselves of what we're trusting God for, what we talked about in January. And then last week, we just kind of went over what we're trusting God for, okay? This week, we're going to talk about why we're trusting God for these things. And, and we have a pretty simple message this morning, but so I, I, it may be for some of us kind of like one of those gut checks. So not hard to understand, but, but it may require on our part us trusting God in some ways we haven't been up to this point. Last week, what we saw was these things we're trusting God for. We're trusting God to work in our families. All these prayers for our family members. We are trusting God to work in the lives of our families. And you know what God does? He works in the lives of our families. Okay, I love that. We're trusting God for couples. God is answering those prayers. We're trusting God for salvations and baptisms and discipleship and growth. And God is answering all these prayers. That kind of the Maybe the main point from last week is this. God wants to not just work through us. He wants to work in us. Okay, so he wants to mold us, to develop us, to mature us into a functional ministry team through which we're now equipped to do these things we're trusting him to do. So we're trusting God for these things. God's like, yeah, that sounds really good. That's all according to my will. Now, this is what's going to take for you to get there. Like, like so I, I've got these verses. Okay, uh, Ephesians chapter 4. Go ahead and turn there in your Bibles. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. And we, we looked at this just a little bit last week. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. That's verse 15. Verse 16. From from which the head, the whole body, is fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working. Okay, this word effectual, it just means what it sounds like. It's functional. It works. It's effective. Okay, it means to be energized. And so, so what God's trusting us for is for us to mature to the point where as a ministry, as a living well fellowship, okay, we are functional so that we can do what he's called us to do, okay? Does that make sense? So, so this is what we're, we're trusting God for is, is for us to get to where we need to be, okay? Now, why are we trusting God for the things that we're trusting God for? Okay, that's, we need to kind of work through Ephesians chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. Okay, I love, man, I love it how main service just always seems to set us up for what, what God wants to do in here. This morning we were singing, in my father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. And we just sang that. I don't know how many times this morning you already sang, in my father's house, there's a place for me. Okay, where is it? Where's your place? 
Now, look, I know positionally, you're like, oh, no, no, Jesus is going and he's, he's, got, he's building a mansion. And there's a, I, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about in the Ephesians chapter four house, in the Ephesians chapter two house, right here in Midtown Baptist Temple in the living well class. Where's your place? Okay, right here. So this morning, you have a place. You're seated here with us all. Absolutely. Okay. What we're going to see today is that there's a body and we're all different parts of that body. And God wants to put us together in a way that's functional. It's a simple message this morning. Let's just look at it. Okay. Look at week two on your handout. And then you'll see this funny looking, this kind of funny looking structure. A, B, C, D, E, F. And then it goes backwards. F, E, D, C, B, A. You guys all with me on that? That is called a chiastic structure. And it's like, you know, it starts one direction, then it turns around and comes back. It's, it's out and back. It's not a loop, okay? It's just out and then it's back. And this sort of chiastic structure is really common in Scripture. If you start looking for it, you'll see it over and over and over again. Now, one thing about a chiastic structure, okay, focus on the middle. There's a reason for this sort of a structure, and, and God wants you to kind of focus on that middle part, that turnaround point, the, the crux of the thing. So if you just look at the, the handout, letter A talks about speaking the truth in love, and then it, the, the letter A at the bottom finishes with love. Letter B, grow up, to, to build up, to, and then letter B at the bottom, edifying itself. That's to build itself up. Letter C, from whom the whole body. Letter C, below the whole body. Letter D, fitly joined. We'll talk about what that means, but it's, it's, it's tied to making increase. Letter E, compacted. That means it's put together. Letter E, the measure of every part. And then letter F, so the whole thing, just it, it matches itself. And that's what we want to look at. Okay, we want to look at these verses together. So, so just get eyes on... On Ephesians chapter 4, 15 and 16, and let's just see the very clear message that God has given us. Now it's 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 really wordy a little bit because of this structure that we have, but I think God wants us to see something and He's He's trying to point out everybody's personal involvement in this. So let's start with, with verse 15. Okay. This is being contrasted to being spiritual children where you just believe everything. You don't know what you believe, but you just get tossed to and fro with everything that sounds good, everything that has some truth in it. And people just fall. No, we don't want to be like that. Verse 15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Okay, so speaking the truth in love. When was the last time, if you just think back, like I'm thinking back, like when was the last time we actually played Pictionary. Just if I go, if I go through and I think, I bet it's been 20 years since we played Pictionary. Okay. When was the last time, just think through your life, when was the last time on a personal level where you can remember somebody just speaking the truth to you in love? When, when was that? When was the last time someone just sat down with you? And just spoke the truth in love. And you felt the love and you recognized the truth. 
Has it been a minute? You recall any conversations where that's happened in your life? You know, the whole world, <laughs> Revelation 12, 9, Sam said this morning, the devil, the serpent who deceives the whole world. There is a matrix. It's a, it's a, it's a perception that's lies that the devil perpetrates. Everything you hear on the media, all this stuff. Romans 3, 4 says every man's a liar. It's not just a car salesman. It's everybody. Okay, so, so you know. It, sorry for the to the car salesman. I I apologize for. Okay. Okay. You know. Once, if what if, like what if we all just left here today, and we all went out and we spoke the truth in love. And what if you knew what the truth was? What is the truth, by the way? <coughs> the gospel is truth. The word of God is truth. What verse tells us thy word is truth? John 17, 17, Jesus is praying to the Father, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. What if we were all equipped to leave here today and you were able to come alongside people, okay, and just simply, in love, speak the truth to them. You know what? People do not get that. I'm speaking in general, but people do not get the truth spoken to them in love very often. This is what the Bible tells us to do. So we're not going to be kids who don't know what's true. We're not going to be spiritually just immature where we're so self-focused all the time. We have to get to the point where we can speak the truth in love. Now look at this. Look, look at verse 15. That we may grow up into him in all things, which is the head. Okay, who's the head? Christ. Okay, so here's the picture. The, have you, did you guys see the Iron Giant? Ileana, have you seen the movie by Disney, The Iron Giant? Or, okay, you should watch The Iron Giant. Don't watch Disney. I, that's a good policy. Now, if I, if I were to make an exception to the no Disney policy, it would be The Iron Giant. Here's the storyline. There's this giant who comes down from outer space, and he befriends humanity. He befriends this kid. Uh, he has the ability to be a weapon, but decides he's going to lay down his life to save this kid. And that's the storyline. But, and then he resurrects at the end. Okay, so, sorry, that's kind of a spoiler. But, okay. <laughs> But his head has this little beacon, and it goes boop, 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 boop. And what that does is it calls all the parts to the head, and these parts assemble themselves, and he can kind of put himself back together that way. He's a robot. He's a robot. Yeah, he's an iron flying. He's kind of like that. You have to watch it. There's your homework for this week. Okay. Except for you guys. Okay. All right. This is what this verse is talking about. The head, Christ, he's complete. 
He's not lacking. He doesn't need to mature. He doesn't need to be sanctified over time. The head is complete. The head is full. The head is ready. But the body needs to come in response to the calling of God. The head is saying, come. You know, Jesus said, talking about our church age, he said, I'm knocking at the door and nobody's answering. I called and you have not answered. What? Okay, Jesus is the head and he's calling the body to assemble. Speaking the truth in love, we grow up until the body actually becomes functionally the body of Christ. Meaning we're equipped and enabled and mature enough to actually go out and speak the truth in love. Got a vision for our small groups that when people come in and they find themselves in one of our small groups, that small group will be able to simply speak the truth and the person listening will not be able to deny the love of God and the truth of God. Okay, sounds like a simple thing, but we're not there yet. Okay, we're not there yet, at least as an entire ministry. Okay, but Christ is the head. Now, don't miss out on the fact that this is our opportunity to function together in Christ. You know, whatever he calls us to, before I even know what it is, the answer is yes. Are you? Yes. Christ, the, the promised Messiah, the Savior of the world, God in the flesh, the one who died and took our sins, he's calling me to be a part of his plan? Okay, before I even know what he's asking, yes, I cannot believe that he would want to take someone like me and use him to be part of his body. Okay, we ought to spend just the rest of the morning on our knees thanking God that the one and only Savior of the world wants to use us to be the body of Christ. That's so amazing. Okay, we're not, we're not gonna, but if we did, it would be time well spent. Okay, listen, verse 16. Okay, talking about Christ. From whom? So from Christ, the whole body, that's all of us, okay, no exceptions, the whole body, fitly joined together, fitly joined together. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, okay? Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 21. Actually, we'll start in, in 20. You guys, you guys with me? Ephesians 2, 20, and then we'll read through 22. All right. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. We're talking about a building, and Jesus is the cornerstone. In whom, that sounds familiar. That's just like we just read. In whom, so, so it's in Christ in whom all the building fitly framed together. There's that same phrase, fitly framed together. Groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. Okay, back in Ephesians chapter 4. This is the same sort of language, except the analogy is a building. Okay, so we're not talking about a body in two, we're talking about a building, but it's the same language. 
fitly framed together, fitly joined together. And the idea is like someone who's building a brick wall, okay? And there's a brick and it's laid next to the other brick, okay? And then you get another brick and you lay them side by side. That's being fitly framed together. In our body, it's fitly joined together, but it's the same idea. One added to another, added to another, added to another, and then compacted by that which every joint supplieth. Okay, so you, compacted is just what it sounds like. It's just squished together. The body is very much squished together. Like once you get in there, there's not a bunch of empty space. Everything is just stacked up and it's, it's all in there tight. And the way it's designed, it's designed around the function of the thing, okay? So everything is functional. And what happens is, every, okay, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth. Okay. You are gifted by God, okay? Look, at, look, at, look up a few verses at verse 7. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive, and he gave what unto all men? Gifts. Okay, when you got saved and the Holy Spirit came and indwelt you, you received a spiritual gift. It was a gift of God. You didn't earn it. It's not merit based. It's not like I studied a hundred years and now I'm able to teach. No, it's just God enables it. God gifts you for these things. Some people here are gifted evangelists to preach the gospel. Some of you are gifted in the area of music. You, you sing in the choir. Okay. Some of you are gifted in the area of hospitality. Did I say evangelism? That was the first one, right? There's teachers, there's people who are hospitable, there's people with a gift of giving. Like you just know how to make money, it comes naturally to you and you're generous with it, you can give. Okay, that, that gift you've been given isn't actually given to you just for your own benefit. It's given to you to profit the rest of the body. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. You're gifted and you're supposed to profit, to benefit the rest of the body. Take a position that's going to help the body. That's what it means when, in, in verse 16 when it says, we're compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part. That measure, however much gifting God poured out on you and whatever gifting God poured out on you and whatever measure you got, he just poured it out like that on you. Okay, everybody, you all got gifted. You got a blessing, a measure. That's the measure that you're supposed to take and connect with the rest of us. And that's what determines how we're fit together according to the functioning of your gifting. So how many of the body parts are supposed to be plugged in? All of them. How much of the gifting that you've been given is supposed to be invested in what God's doing? God, the, the head is just calling. Christ is saying, come, come, come and join. 
Come be a part of my plan. You know, leave the dark side. Come, come on. Like, okay, so that's what this verse is talking about. Look at it. According to the effectual working in the measure of every part, when we all work together, the body of Christ can be complete in terms of a functional unit. Now, obviously, there's saved people all over the world. In fact, we're just a small group of the believers here at Midtown. But we need to be a functional body as a fellowship. We're a body within a body. Okay, there's even another level. We are trusting God for an Arabic-speaking fellowship, a church, to, to come out of this class. Man, that, that's a body within a body within a body. And then our church is just a body within a... But the thing is, we need to be functional. It needs to be kind of an all-hands-on-deck type mentality. Okay, so every part making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Okay, are you guys following me so far with this? It's really not hard to understand, is it? As we're trusting God for certain things, God's trusting us to become a functional unit, a functional body through whom he can work like he, like he, he wants to. Okay, so the end result of a mature functional group is growth as every member of the body works together to serve the head as they've been gifted. Now this growth, that's the mission. Where's the growth come from? Who's going to join the body as it edifies itself in love? Where's, where's the growth coming from? It's the body working together to edify itself. But let's say that God grows us to, to 42 people, which is what we're trusting him for. Where do those people come from? From God? Like they're in heaven? No, where, where are they? They're walking around in the world. We're going to win people to Christ. We're going to baptize them. We're going to disciple them. We're going to train them up to be part of God's plan. That is the mission. It's not about numbers. Who cares how many people we can stuff in one room? It's about lost souls coming to Christ. It's about our family members who don't know the Lord. We're going to pray together as a group in Jesus' name, trusting God. And then we're going to be ready with the gospel because we're going to get trained in how to share the gospel. Does this make sense, you guys? So this is what we're trusting for. It's not about numbers. It's about what we can do, not in our flesh, but as we just trust God and everybody starts doing what they're gifted to do together. That's kind of exciting. This, this is a search and rescue boat. A search and rescue boat. And I think about this, you know, everybody on that boat has a station. And when someone needs saved, everybody knows where to go. They know what to do. They've been trained. And maybe, maybe you bump into each other on the way to your station. Who cares? We're saving lives. We don't, we're not focused on our comfort. We're not on a cruise ship. We're on a rescue ship. And this is what we need to be about 
I don't want to become like all militant, like we're not going to dress in uniforms and march around the parking lot, that sort of thing. <laughs> okay, but if these guys can, can all find their place and their mission to save people physically, can we not trust God to get structured, to get our ministry teams and our small groups and our Bible studies and our different ministries that support this class, can we not trust God to get organized and get trained up in those areas because we're talking about souls. So I, I work out in a, in a rural hospital for the most part and I'll work a shift and we, we do, we have a code stroke. So you'll hear code stroke in room one. It's like, oh boy, and it's all hands on deck, so to speak. And then I stabilize them or do whatever I need to do. And then I ship them to Roku who, who can fix them, okay? I can't fix them. I just stabilize them and put them on the helicopter and I send them, send them to KU and they can fix them there. Okay. But our goal is they, they, I want them on the helicopter in less than an hour. Okay. So they come in, we get the CT scan. I get a, a radio radiology overread. I have to get on the phone with, 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 with someone and, and, and arrange the transfer. Okay, we have to draw blood, get results. Like, like it's a lot to do in one hour, but what happens is when we call code stroke, that room just fills up with people and the radiology tech knows what to do and the phlebotomist knows what to do and the nurses know what to do and there's someone there describing, keeping track because everything's happening all at once. Okay, we, everybody knows what to do. Why? Because there's lives that are at stake. So here's Christ, and he says, look, I'm the head, and you're the body, and every one of you I've gifted to be about our Father's business, and I'm calling you, and I'm drawing you to myself. In my Father's body, there is a place for you. In my Father's house, you're a living stone, a habitation for the Spirit, and we have a mission in this area in which you have been gifted. If we will work together, listen, here's just, this is so key. We can do together what you can't do alone. I know you've been praying, but we haven't been praying. Like, like let's get more people involved. All right, the, the gospel, you've presented the gospel, Phyllis, but now so has Xander. And now so we have all prayed and and we can trust God to work in and through us. I just, I'm tired of the devil discouraging people from plugging in and people just listen to him. And they don't know what they're missing. They don't know the victory that we could have, but don't have because we don't have a functional body. And, and here's, here's some key points, okay? Connecting to Christ, the head, connects you to the body. So we're in Christ positionally. You're not going to lose your salvation. God will never leave you and never forsake you. But at the point in which you want to have fellowship with him, practically walk with him and be a part of his program, that automatically, listen, I am so sorry. That connects you to me. That connects you to the other people in your fellowship, in your small group. There are no Lone Ranger Christians. You're like, yeah, but, but 
but I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty strong. I'm like a right arm. Yeah, right arm without a head, not connected to the body. It's, it's just it's kind of dead and gross and pathetic. It's not, it's not what God designed. So connecting to Christ, everyone's like, yes, yes. And it's like, okay, are you going to show up for cleaning? Oh, no. Like, oh, I couldn't possibly do that. Well, it's like, well, that's where Jesus is. <laughs> I mean, that's what he's called. A, okay, love must be in place. This whole thing starts with speaking the truth in love and it ends with the body edifying itself in love. I know people who speak the truth and it just seems like they're mad about it. And they don't speak the truth in love. And, and if we're not functioning in love, then you're not in Christ. Now, it doesn't mean sometimes you won't have to say hard things. But even if I'm saying a hard thing, and I hope I've never, I don't, I don't think I've ever had to really do that in here. Sometimes I have to do that. But I, you can't look me in the face and say, that person doesn't love me. Right? Christine might have to tell me something that's like some hard thing, like, but I can't look her in the face and pretend she doesn't love me. She's like, that's it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> if you're married, you know what I'm talking about. Okay. You cannot do what God has called you to do alone. All right. But we can do it together. We can do together what we can never do alone. Wagi isn't going to plant an Arabic-speaking church in Kansas City alone. We, we're going to do it together. By the grace of God, we're going to plant an Arabic-speaking church in Kansas City. We, we need to get more deliberate about it. We need to get more focused about it. We need to get more intentional about it. We can do it together, you guys. Living world-class can plant a church in Kansas City. You're gifted, but your gifts are wasted unless you're fitly joined and compacted with the rest of us. I think about like a clutch keeps the gears from engaging. So you got these gears and they fit together and then they like, you, I don't know if you've seen gears work together. But if there's something keeping that gear from engaging, it just, it doesn't do any, even if it's spinning. If it's not engaged, it's not really doing any work. And so... I think God gifted, but unless, don't waste your gifts. Let's use them together, okay? It's not enough to be a part of a church that's making disciples and teaching the Bible, okay? Because you can be a part of a church without actually doing the things that members of the church are, are supposed to be doing. I, I can be a member of the body, and not actually do what the body's doing, okay? Christine likes to talk about when I had my finger amputated. I had a block. They did a nerve block, and I could not move that arm at all. I'd have to go like this if I wanted it to be somewhere, okay? That arm was there. It was part of the body, but it, wasn't, it wouldn't do anything. It's not enough to be a part of Midtown Baptist Temple and to see the life that's here. Now, I'm, I'm glad you're here, and it's okay to attend and just like, we're going to just check this out for a while. That, that's fine. But at some point, we need to grow to do what the 
body is doing. So corporately, I'm a part of a something that's really good. Okay, what part are you? Spectator. <laughs> like, you know, when you get old, you get like these barnacles that grow on your back. You know what I'm talking about? You just get these things you got to go get frozen off or cut off. You don't want to be a barnacle on the body of Christ. Just like, I'm along for the ride. You don't want to, you don't want to do that. Okay, look at the back of your handout. Here's what we're trusting God for, and here's why. And we'll wrap up with this so that we can get into our small groups. Why are we trusting God for our families? Well, because based on Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15 and 16, okay, as we invest, as we do the work, as we speak the truth in love, we ought to do, we should do what no one else can and will do. Galatians chapter 6, verse 10, it says that as we have opportunity to do good, we ought to do it, especially under the household of faith. So this, this focus on the family, on those prayers, really, it, it came out of a burden for John and for Nathan. That's really where this came from. But as we've prayed, and, and we're praying for Hunter, and we're praying for my brother, and we're praying for your sister, and we're praying for Sam's family. We're, we're praying for our families. It's just that burden has become heavier for me. No one else in the world is going to speak the truth in love for our family members. No one else can pray like we can pray. No one else understands like we can understand. No one else can comfort like those that have received comfort. What we can do as a fellowship, no one else in the world can or will do. Now listen, so we should do that. We should have a regularly scheduled time in our small groups where we're hitting up and when we're praying to God for those type things. Does this make sense? Man, that's part of what we should do. And so, so we're gonna. Okay, couples. So we can reach more couples and so that we can do more. But also, check this out. The burden for this really came not because we didn't have couples in here as much as I would have liked, but because we have people in here whose spouses aren't. All right, we are called to reach the world. We've been given the ministry of reconciliation. It's our job, your job, my job to reach the world for Christ. Okay? Let's start with, with our spouses that aren't here. How can we reach the world if we can't reach our spouses? That's kind of the thought that, that comes into my mind. Well, okay, it's, well, the answer is because free will. Well, that person, you know, I didn't know better. I married the devil and I, I just can't get him to, just can't get him to come. Okay, uh, free will, it's absolutely. People have free will. But I also have great faith that, God wouldn't have given us the ministry of reconciliation according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 without also giving us the ability to accomplish that. Let's work together to pray and invest in couples. It's really just a, a subset, you know, it's a part of praying for our families. Okay, number three, 21 salvations. Salvations, well, God is not willing that any will perish. 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness. 
but is long suffering to us word, not willing that any should perish. There it is. His will is that all should come to repentance, that they, they shouldn't perish. Okay, but, but why 21? Well, because we had 21 people in class that day. I'm not going to win 21 people to Christ in 2021. I'm not going to disciple 21 people. I, I haven't baptized everybody that's gotten baptized. Wagi has done some of that. It's not my job to win 21 people to Christ. It's your job to win 21 people to Christ. And this is the point of saying it's not enough to come to a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching, leadership training, disciple-making, evangelizing, sending church. God is saying, I gifted you. And if you engage, the head is ready. We're not lacking anything from God. It's just we haven't all engaged and used our gifts and I fear some people don't actually believe that they're gifted. Well, God says you are. Don't call God a liar. You can read Ephesians chapter 4. You can read Romans chapter 12. You can look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and you will see that God has gifted you. Part of this is on me. We just don't have, we haven't had a structure in place in which there's easy on-ramps to get involved in the Living Well class. And that's what we're going to fix that next week. Next week, we're going to go over how to get plugged in. We actually need a couple more teams really developed and grown up. We need other people helping in some different areas. And so that, that's going to be a fun week. But that's why 21, we're trusting for 21 to become 42. Everybody go win someone to Christ. Well, I've never done that. That sounds, well, we'll, we'll teach you. We'll help you. Like, like, does that make sense? Okay. 21 baptisms. Why? Well, that's easy because God ordained baptism and the first act of obedience after salvation. So if we're trusting him for 21 salvations, we need 21 baptisms. The act of baptism officially, officially makes someone a member of the body. Traditionally, that's how you, the, the office, like, so is my name on the list in the file cabinet in the office? And baptism does that now if you've been baptized somewhere else we just get a letter of transfer you transfer your membership you don't have to get baptized again but baptism is a picture okay look in your little text box the baptism baptismal tank sits between the world and the church like the red sea sat between egypt and the promised land you you identify you go through that thing and then and then that's something that now you you identify as a member, 100% involved in discipleship. Well, I think now we, we understand just how everybody needs to be a part of it. Discipleship is the main structure we have in this place. It doesn't mean you're going to be teaching necessarily, okay? doesn't mean you're teaching someone the 18 lessons. And maybe you're involved in some other way, and that's fine. We'll talk about that next week. And then finally, growth. Physical growth is a result of spiritual maturity and unity within a functional structure. So this is your opportunity to be a part of God's plan. It's just really simple. Christ the head says, hey, come on. Now the world's also calling. We're, we're also being drawn to the world. First, I'm sorry, James chapter one talks about that. You, when we're drawn away into the world. So there's other voices drawing us at all times, but 
Christ the head draws us to do this. Okay, so his design is clear. The question is not whether you see it, whether you get it, whether you agree intellectually, but rather, will you in faith engage? Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I beseech you. That means I'm calling you. That's what Paul says. I beseech you. I'm drawing you. I'm calling you. Please come near. That's what that word means. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, because God cares about the lost, because God has pity on those people that are living in darkness. They're not being loved. They're not hearing truth. They're separated from God. They're alienated. Oh, my goodness. Think about that word now. If you're not plugged into the head, connected, then you are alienated. You are out there on your own. Don't allow yourself to be alienated. Don't leave your family and friends alienated. Don't leave the lost people alienated. Let's, let's draw them in. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Bodies, plural, that's us. A living sacrifice, singular. The body of Christ. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We, There it is. We're going to grow to the point where we're speaking the truth and love. We can do together what we can never do separately. Next week, we're going to talk about how do I plug in? What's that mean anyway? If I join Gail on the hospitality team, what time do I have to show up? What do I have to do? If I join Mike and I'm going to be doing IT stuff, what's that mean? We're going to look at all that next week. This gets real practical next week. So does that make sense? God's calling you to connect, be functional. We need to do that. Just however you're gifted and it's life, it's not just work. Anyway, let's pray. We'll, we'll do small groups. And then uh, any, any questions before we pray and go to small groups? Simple message. The question just is, am I ready to connect? And if so, we'll get you plugged in next week. So, Father, we love you. Thank you for your word. It's really clear that Christ is the head and, and we are the body, but every one of us is supposed to take that measure of gifting and we're supposed to use it somehow. And God, that means that we have to connect with each other. And there's a part of us, God, that just resists that. There's a part of us that doesn't want to be vulnerable. And there's a part of us that doesn't want to, you know, give up the time or energy it would take to just simply trust you to your word. But God, if we're honest, we have to admit that there's a lot of things that we, we haven't been able to do on our own, Lord, in terms of fellowship, in terms of fruit, in terms of joy, in terms of life, in terms of purpose. God, there's a lot of things that, that if we're honest, that God, maybe we've missed out on. So, Father, we just ask you to have your way in our hearts and minds. Help us to think through this and to not only understand, but be willing to say yes, Lord, to whatever it is you're calling us to. Father, we love you. We thank you. pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.